This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Damien Christoph, and I am here with our most incredible executive producer of the Wellness Couch and my super incredible lifestyle master, co-host of 100 Not Out, Marcus Pierce, affectionately known as MP. How are you? How are you, MP? Uh, that is, this is exciting, Damo. I have, uh, you came on, you said, I'm going to introduce you today, and I thought, well, I'm going to accept. I'm going to accept, and I love it. I know why you get so excited now. Uh, it's exciting. I'm excited because I introduced you. It's being introduced, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. it's nice. Maybe I'm a bit of a control freak, but naturally, LT introduces me on Inside the Champion's Mind, and it's fun. Mm. So, no, thanks for the change-up. Hey. Love a bit of variety. It's my pleasure. Speaking of variety, we haven't had much of a change-up in our sort of conversations for a little while, so we thought that today what we might do is unplug it a little bit. Uh, much like yeah. our Careers Unplugged uh, podcast guys, just winging it a little bit, we might go uh, back into the, the depths of nutrition. And you're, you said to me, Damo, I'm going to ask you unplugged questions that you ha- don't even know what you're going to get asked about That's nutrition. It. And I've gone, okay, MP, hit me, hit me. So, uh, Well, I'm, it is. I'm, you know I'm, what it is, Damo? It's actually episode 54 was our last um, episode on nutrition. We did probiotics and fiber. Right. We did do an interview with Joe uh, Witten, Quirky Cooking, and our very special guest at the Wellness Summit. How good is she going to be? Uh, which is oh, very exciting. Love her um, to bits. That was uh, episode 58. Uh, so it's been a while. So I am reading at the moment uh, Chris Cress's Your Personal Paleo Diet, also known as Your Personal Paleo Code. Did cool. a, he did a really good interview on uh, that paleo show as well. And Damo, what I love about Chris Cresser is that he's so unattached to the very um, typical rules-driven uh, view of the paleo diet. Oh. He's not saying that it's you. no one can have dairy or no one can have grains or no one can have this or that. He's very much, uh, or as the title suggests, very much about personalizing um, you know, a real food diet. And I don't think, you know, in, in, my, in my early reading so far, Damo, Yes. Um, I don't think that I could. Uh, I, I think maybe it's clever marketing uh, that it's called a pa- your personal paleo diet. But I think I was chatting to you about this the other day. I think you may have suggested it, and I 100% agree that um, it's definitely more of a primal approach yeah. than a paleo approach. Because uh, what I do love about the book is that it kind of blends, you know, what was happening uh, hundreds of thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. With what's happening today, yeah. Um, but because I am Damo, not a qualified nutritional uh, guru of any kind, I do have a lot of questions. And so I thought, if I've got a lot of questions, I'm sure our listeners have a lot of questions. Because uh, when it comes to food, I am just like everyone else. I don't have the knowledge sphere that you do. So I thought, let's put you under the, let's grill you like we like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hit you <laughs> with a few questions. The grill. The grill. 
I love so it. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm good to go. Okay. And, you know, I'm excited about it because it, I actually have a bit of nervous excitement because I don't know what's coming. Um, and this will test me and my ability to be on my toes. So I'm hoping I've still got it, MP. Well, I still I just treat you like a walking encyclopedia of food. So, uh, all right, I'm going to hit you with it, right? All right. All right. So, lactose. Mm. You hear so many people saying I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. And then you hear a lot of paleo peeps say there's no way you can have dairy because mm-hmm. it's just not paleo. And I and and they're right because in Paleolithic days it wasn't paleo, so it's more agricultural, which then we could say then it's more primal, right? Mm, mm. Anyway, so lactase is the enzyme that breaks down lactose. And from what I've learned, uh, we're all born with lactase. We're all born with the ability to digest lactose because lactose is in our mother's milk. Yes. But then at some point, quite possibly around the age of four, um, our bodies, uh, a lot of our bodies, not all of our bodies, which I've learned, stopped producing lactase because um, in paleo days, uh, kids were bre- breastfed possibly up to around the age of four and then there was obviously no dairy around to um, eat uh, or they weren't actually eating any of, of it so the body obviously doing what it does, gets rid of what it doesn't need and stops producing lactase. Mm. Then comes along the agricultural revolution Yep. Uh, cattle are domesticated, so cow's milk becomes an available food source. People start um, having it. Um, there's, there's, without you know, there's a whole big story behind it. But essentially, it turns out that um, in some areas, up to ninety five percent of people mm-hmm. in adulthood continue to develop lactase. So in the book, uh, Chris Chris is talking about northern European countries like Denmark and Sweden. Um, the genes that are present for creating lactase are in up to 95% of people. Mm-hmm. And in East Africa, uh, cattle herding tribes like the Tutsi, the rate is up to 90%. Yes. Um, but then somewhere, and again, I don't see it exactly on the pages here, but my understanding from the book was that in the Western world, it's around about 30%. Um, and it might be more, I could be wrong. Um, when I say the Western world, I'm probably meaning because I know Denmark and Sweden are the West, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's much lesser, let's say, in Australia per se. Um, so then I'm like, okay, well, dairy is obviously not a uh, quote-unquote bad food, even though, again, real traditional paleo presents dairy as a real uh, antichrist. Yeah, it's evil. Um, it's evil. Apparently, but, according to them. So, so then my question is, um, there's obviously... There, like there would have to be a quality control thing, um, like with meat. Like there's good quality meat and bad quality meat. There's got to be good quality dairy and bad quality dairy. Um, but how easy, like in your, I suppose, clinical experience and in your knowledge sphere, how easy is it to know if you are uh, lactose intolerant? And I'm sure a lot of people listening that are lactose intolerant would, would, tell, would say that it's quite easy to know. But I'm also thinking, Damo, that there's got to be an element that makes it not easy to know. I'm laughing because I'm trying to work out where the question is, but uh, I've, yeah, I think well, I've, I, I had think to tell I've got the story. It. I had to tell the story. <laughs> I love so it. People understand. I think the reasoning. Yeah. Well, let's just go back um, a few steps and just say that lactose is the sugar in milk. Okay. And in order to break down that sugar, and we talk about lots of different sugars, so there's sucrose and glucose and fructose, and in this case, we're talking about lactose. Anything Lact- with an ose is a sugar, yeah. Anything with an OSE OSE is a sugar, yeah, and uh, and that's it. that's very important to understand because anything with an ol, 
like sorbitol, alcohol, erythritol, um, all those sorts of things. Uh, alcohol is created from sugar. And, ethanol, uh, ethanol. Ethanol, yep, absolutely. Yep. So all so of So there's sugar in our in our car fuel. Yeah, there is. And it's actually made for, it, often and they've spoken about making fuel for our cars from sugar cane. So oh, yeah. that is uh, one direction which they could go. So I just I thought I should just say that because when you look at OSE, anything that says OSE is a sugar, um, and that's the way which is actually you know um, spoken about. And then ASE is the enzyme. So lactase, maltase, protease, mm. all these sorts of things are the enzyme that breaks down whatever it is is breaking down. So in this case, lactase is breaking down lactose, and. The enzyme for lactose, which is lactase, so the en- yeah, the gene, yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. gene that actually makes lactase or tells the body to make lactase, um, is pr- is present in in a large percentage, and I, I don't know the exact amount, but it's up around ninety to ninety five percent of the whole of the population, except for in uh, Asian. Uh, subgroups in, in the Asian continent. So what we see is that Asians generally are deficient in the enzyme. And I, this is a big, broad generalization because because of mm. interbreeding of genes um, and interbreeding of races, we now have uh, enzymes and, and genes that wouldn't have otherwise existed in a particular gene pool now existing because there's been crossbreeding, which is awesome. I love it to bits. Yeah. Uh, and what we're finding is a strengthening of the species in some regards and a weakening of the species in other regards. But what we see is that there are many Asians now with the lactase enzyme. Uh, and most Caucasians will have the lactase enzyme because it's been breathed through our evolution. But there is a very, very small percentage of the population that don't have that lactase enzyme at birth, present at birth. And generally, they will find out. Really? That, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But hold on. But isn't, but, okay, but, but sorry, I'm just being a punter, right? So just, I'm not disagreeing. Yep. Right? No. But isn't lactase, again, just from what I've read, isn't lactase necessary in order to um, digest our mother's milk? Yes. Absolutely, so and there are some how, babies how that would can't you do it. Not... Yeah, wow. Yeah, and they okay, are. And then, so, do we do we know why? Well, you may you may remember you may remember when we've spoken of Bruce Lipton and his work, and we talk about, and he says, ninety five percent of the human population are genetically perfect, genetically intact, mm-hmm. and then he said that five percent of the of the human population have a genetic defect or a deletion of some form that uh, will give them a you know, a, a genetic defect, you know, like a chromosome deficiency or an excess, for example, um, um, cystic fibrosis, for example. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or Down syndrome. You know, those sorts, of, they're an obvious genetic defect. But there are other genetic defects where there's genes that have been deleted. So, for example, um, in my own genetic testing, I know that I have a one gene that um, I that I didn't get um, that would have helped me detoxify certain chemicals in my body easier. I've got another gene that actually helps with that, but I've, I'm missing one of those genes. And so whilst I would be seen to be genetically perfect, um, I still have gene deletions. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so there are some people on the planet that are actually born without the lactose, or sorry, the lactase gene. And those people, because they don't have the lactase gene, 
won't ever produce lactose. Now, it's not that the oh. body switches stuff off. Won't ever digest lactose. Well, never. That's right. And they'll yep. never digest lactose. Um, Can I ask you a question? I oh, know you keep going. I have a really juicy question at the end of all this. Be, Because of their absolute 100% lactase deficiency, they can never ever break down lactose. And so they would need to have lactose-free milk. Even They can't even have their mum's breast milk. Okay, so they. this is where various formulas like goat's milk formulas or in some countries they've had to use other types of formulas to you know, assist with um, feeding infants that doesn't contain lactose. Okay, or they can have formulas that contain the enzyme to break down the lactose, you know, oh, like wow. the lactase enzyme. So now the fact that there are some groups of uh, populations, some people around the world, that their genes switch off the manufacture of um, the production of lactase, is it's more to do with the environmental trigger. If they continue to have the environmental trigger for lactose, then they'll continue to manufacture lactase. And ah, this is where I'm going. Yeah, so okay. as long as there's an environmental trigger, it'll continue to happen. If, if you've got the gene, you can do it. Now, the challenge that we find with dairy is not necessarily a lactose insufficient, sorry, a lactase insufficiency. There's a number of different things here. One may be that the bacteria in the gastrointestinal system mm-hmm. may not be able to digest through and get through all of the milk sugars coming in, in which case that can cause constipation. Okay, so many people will notice that they'll be constipated after they've had dairy and that could be an insufficiency of lactase and then the bacteria is insufficient enough to be able to digest the remainder of the milk sugar. And then as a result, they build up constipation. Now, Does that get... mean that constipation is, is uh, clinically, is constipation a symptom of lactose intolerance? For many like, people. Is that very, very common? So people yeah, for many people. Going, All right, I'm constipated but I have dairy but I've never kind of made the link, that never would be something it. to be checked. Yes. Well, you could just because I know people just you know when we had when we had the um, when we had pure wisdom. Yeah. I know I know people that would come in that would say I've been constipated for years. Yeah. Um, and and the, but they would have dairy and not ever make a link. So yeah. and I would have never made the link because I've never thought of it. But that's 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 what you're saying that that could be a very common that is a common symptom. And something that you would get checked. Yeah, well, you could certainly go see your healthcare provider to get that sorted out. And you can well, do even your... medically trained um, doctors make that link. Is that a commonly known thing, or is that more that people would uh, see commonly in uh, when they visit a naturopath or a more holistic practitioner? It's uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely common knowledge, and it's definitely in the medical texts, and it's definitely. Um, something that we all know about and we all talk about. Uh, and so it, depending on whether or not the practitioner um, is observing that or prepared to consider that as um, a cause of what's going on will depend on that practitioner. So um, I'd like to say, yes, absolutely, it's definitely there. Um, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. Is it time? Sorry, because yep. I, I want to give you the, the floor. But all right, so then what do you think of this? Talking about the gut microbiotica, as Chris Kressel likes to call it. Um, can Do you think it's possible, as Chris suggests, some studies suggest that lactose intolerance can be eliminated simply by eating increasing amounts of yogurt containing lactose and live bacteria 
all of which can naturally metabolize lactose. Well, the, the, answer, so, the answer to that would be in, in a lot of people, that'll be the case. But not in all people, because if they are, if they have that gene deletion of the lactose, sorry, the lactase enzyme, then they won't be able to produce that, and so it's, it's too big a load on the gastrointestinal system. So, and the other thing is, I go well, if your body in particular is not designed to be able to digest it, if you're not designed that way, then mm. don't even try and eat it. You know what I mean? Like if you're not designed to be a runner, don't yeah. try and run. You know, mm. if you're not designed to be a weightlifter, don't be a weightlifter. You know what I mean? So. My thing is, if you're not designed to be that way, don't try and force it. But if you've got the enzymes and you've been designed in such a way that you should be able to get through lactose, then, you know, nourish the gastrointestinal system, put the good bacteria in there. You could have yogurt. You could have a probiotic supplement, most certainly. But my, my thing is that, you know, you don't need to push the body in directions that it's not normally comfortable to go. Yeah. You would yeah. just say, just don't have dairy. You'll be okay. You, you will absolutely 100% yeah. survive. The other thing is that um, that comes up often with the dairy with dairy consumption yeah. is that it's more of a casein, which is a protein uh, that we find in uh, in milks that, that people struggle to digest. So casein um, comes in two two main forms that we talk about. There's, there's beta casein um, A2 and beta casein A1, right? And uh, I've, I've shortened those names down just to make it easy to understand. So we've got A1 and A2. Is that what the A2 milk's all about? That's what the A2 milk's all about. Um, A1 milk, it, it comes from a pre predominantly Frisian cow crops and uh, and those Frisian cows or Frisian cow herds, not crops, um, Frisian, cow, <laughs> Frisian cow herds, they produce <laughs> truckloads of milk, right? Really good for the farmer, really good for the dairy industry because they make heaps of milk, right? And their milk is designed to help grow a Frisian cow or a Frisian calf and it's designed in such a way that the beta casein A1 uh, molecule helps that particular style cow grow really strong and really fast. In humans, we struggle to digest um, efficiently um, the A1 casein molecule. Um, if, and for a large population, a large percentage of the population, that A1 causes a casein uh, intolerance. And they will experience, you know, everything from bloating to nausea to constipation to diarrhea, all kinds of gastrointestinal dysfunction. And we've also found that the beta casein A1 is linked to type 1 diabetes in children. So we go, okay, so there's, there's the A1 casein. And then the case put forward by the A2 Milk Corporation in New Zealand, uh, based on research that was done by Fonterra scientists, was that there's a herd of cows known as the Jersey cows, and they are able to produce a cow's milk that contains an A2 casein molecule, which is very similar to a goat's milk, which is very similar to a human breast milk casein molecule, um, that would allow humans to decrease gastrointestinal dysfunction and decrease the risk of type 1 diabetes um, in infants. And so the A2 milk branding and A2 milk type um, was created off the back, well not created, but has, has gained popularity off the back of being better in terms of health for humans. The Jersey cow is a much more attractive cow. I'm just googling you like, you like Jersey. Your, you like your brown cow? Yeah, I like the Jersey, and I just <laughs> see those Frisians, and their udders are just enormous, Massive, enormous, and they're just like big. I know a lot of it's because of what they're fed and and all the rest of it and the rest, but far out. Yeah, the Jersey looks far more in line with my dairy consumption anyway. 
<laughs> um, yeah. So that gives you a bit of an insight, but you know, it's not, it's not as simple as just lactose and lactase and probiotics. It's understanding how your genes are, and you can get your genes tested, right? So you can actually be tested yeah. for the lactase enzyme gene. Um, and- well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we've done we've done a number of episodes on this. So if this is pushing your buttons, just go and type in genes in the. Uh, in the blog at 100notout, uh, so thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100notout and you can search the blog or search the archive and just type in genes and you'll see all of the podcasts we've done on genes because that's where it's all heading, isn't it, Damo, is just knowing exactly rather than guessing yeah. um, what you, is in your body. Yeah. Because um, I was just going to ask you, I have a feeling though we've been going on, I feel like it's almost time for the end of the episode but um, I was going to say that it's also same with... Um, carbohydrate consumption and genes and I know that gets tested as well does it not in terms of how like some people can absorb um, or tolerate a higher carbohydrate diet than others yeah um, and that comes down to our uh, genotype as well doesn't it absolutely you know everything from blood type to genotype you know blood typing is one part of genotyping but you can go even further than that and actually drill right down into the, your own specific genes so for example if we compare amber my wife and my genes um, we really should be eating different things you know different fats different proteins different carbohydrates and so we've had to find common ground with what we actually eat uh, so tell me give us a little rundown like what should she be having and what should you be having well what i've learned um, about amber is she's of a small subset of the population um, she's special she's very special and she's special according to her genes as well, right? So she's got uh, a, an ancient genotype. She has the most ancient genotype, which means that olive oil for her is unhealthful. Mm. And, uh, and so she um, shouldn't have olive oil because it actually will drive up um, her risk of heart disease and cholesterol issues and et cetera, et cetera, right? Whereas I should have lots of olive oil. So there's that flip, right? So we're going to go, okay, well, I can have some olive oil. She's got to have different types of fats like coconut oil. Um, and macadamia oil, um, and avocado oil, but not olive oil. Isn't that interesting, right? So even for her, polyunsaturated fat, even in the form of omega-3 fatty acids from fish oil, still can drive up her heart disease. So she's got to be, and she doesn't have heart disease, which is great. She's very healthy, which is excellent. Um, And just because you've got these genes doesn't mean that you're going to turn it on in terms of a a genetic switch, but Mm. these are things to be aware of. And so she should only have a small amount of fish oil every day, whereas I should have a large amount of fish oil every single day. And we found that out from actually testing her genes. So, um, and we use the Smart DNA Gene Panel, which we think is the best way to go. And so, what about your kids? Like, what about Jacko? We haven't tested him yet. Um, yeah, because I think, yeah, I think about that with our kids. It's something that would they, are they likely to be? Again, this is a very ignorant question, but can they differ a lot to the parents, or are they always going to be? quite similar? Um, there will be always a combination, you know, and this yeah. is the unique thing about human genes. With 32,000 genes um, that we've got, we can mix and match 32,000 genes across, you know, yeah. two, two paired chromosomes, two lots of paired chromosomes to get some unbelievable combinations. Combinations. <laughs> you know, <laughs> unbelievable. You know, we're talking 32,000 to the yeah. power of, you know, it's, yeah. it's pretty full on. So there's a lot of different combinations and, you know, different deletions and different subsets you know so even though there's genes that code for different types of enzymes to break down toxins in the body every person's different combination will allow them to break down different toxins in different ways this is the reason why there's not one cancer gene or there's not one thing that causes type 2 diabetes or there's not one thing that causes um, alzheimer's you know there's different combinations of 
deletions and additions of different types of genes that will bring about you know disease subsets. Wow, I, I, I've only asked you. I've only got through two of my questions. <laughs> I just waffled. Sorry, mate. I no, did no, this is just so cool. You're an absolute wealth of knowledge, Damo. Well, hopefully that um, helps. Do you think we? I would. I would really love to drill you for a bit longer. So, okay. do you think we do another episode on this? Yeah. All right. So uh, let's let's do that. Well, if that's what's going to happen. So, Marcus, that's it for this edition of Hundred Not Out. Now, remember, folks. You're doing it, man. You're doing it. Love to hear your feedback, not only about this episode, but about all of our episodes. And you know, tell us your feedback on what you think of what we we you know provide for you. You can provide this feedback in any number of ways, but the best way is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash not backslash forward slash one zero zero not out all one word. Also, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. It's less than 100 days until the Wellness Summit and we are jumping out of our skins to be with you at Crown Melbourne on Saturday, August 16 and 17, 2014. If you want to take your summit experience to a whole new level, then I urge you to join us as a VIP. This year, we have two VIP levels, not just one, two. We have gold and platinum. Both include front row seats, DVD recordings of the event, goodies from our speakers, intimate VIP only time with the speakers and massive vouchers which can be used on future wellness couch events and products to take your summit experience to the next level go to www.thewellnesssummit.com but be quick vip spots are limited and they will sell out see you at the summit this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.